you cannot please every single person. And if you try to, you're only sacrificing your own happiness. Hey everyone, Emily Abadi here bringing you episode 152 of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I sit down with inspiring individuals to talk about their big wins, tough moments, and everything in between. On the show, you can expect vulnerability, motivation, and candid discussions with everyone from top athletes and CEOs to aspiring entrepreneurs on what it really takes to follow your passions. My mission is simple to inspire you to be your best self, move with intention, and have some fun along the way. Today, I am chatting with Emily Skye. She is a personal trainer known to her more than 2.5 million Instagram followers as Emily Sky Fit. In our chat today, she gets really open and honest, talking to me about growing up in Australia and the hurdle moments that came with her teenage years, including a few abusive relationships that ultimately made her question her value. Sky gets real about trying to end her life around age 18 and how that experience made her determined to help those with similar struggles, eventually empowering her journey into the fitness industry and creating her online programming. As I mentioned, she's now got more than a couple million followers on Instagram, but her online community is greater than 14 million women. And with that level of exposure, as I'm sure you can imagine, it comes with a fair amount of criticism. So we talk about that today. We talk about how she handles the naysayers and the individuals who inspire her to be better so that she can be more present both online and with her family. We also talk about her life as a mother of two. She actually recently had her second baby on her bathroom floor. And she also shares what she's looking forward to in the coming months, including the recent launch of her fit post-pregnancy program. As I mentioned, we do talk about some sensitive topics in today's episode. So if you or someone you know have had similar thoughts of self-harm or are struggling, you can always reach out to me over DM or email over on Instagram. I'm over at Emily Abadi. I'm also on email, emily at hurdle.us. And of course, the National Suicide Helpline, you can reach that at 1-800-273-8255. Before I get into today's episode, I do want to give some love to my sponsor at Daily Harvest. You know, sometimes I do not have the time or the energy to cook, especially something healthy. I am so guilty of ordering out when life gets hectic between back-to-back meetings and writing and editing and now apartment hunting. And I will be the first person to admit that constantly eating this way, constantly ordering out, it doesn't make me feel great. But Daily Harvest is 100% something that's helped me get back on the right track. Daily Harvest delivers delicious food, all built on organic fruits and vegetables right to your door. It takes minutes to prepare, and I never have to think twice if the food I am eating is good for me. The best part? Everything stays fresh in your freezer until you are ready to enjoy it, so you'll waste less food as well. I've got a ton of favorites by now, including the Brussels sprouts pad thai and the tomato and cremini flatbread, but... I am not exaggerating, they have so many options for every single taste and palate. 
Special offer for Hurdle listeners. Head on over to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code HURDLE25 to get $25 off your first box. Again, that is promo code HURDLE25 at dailyharvest.com. Get $25 off your first box today at dailyharvest.com. Again, a little call out. Make sure you are following Hurdle over on social media. It is at Hurdle Podcast. I'm over at Emily Abadi. If you have a couple extra minutes today, it would mean the world if you head on over in to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Again, you can do it super quick. It helps the podcast, you know, go up in the ratings, get noticed by more potential hurdlers, and it just it means the world to me. Last but not least, in the show notes, you'll find links to both sign up for the Hurdle Book Club and sign up for the weekly Hurdle newsletter. I'd love for you to get in on both. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Emily Sky. More than 2.5 million people follow her over on Instagram for her fitness programs. Her name is known around the world. Em, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. It's nice and early here and late there, is it? Well, that's what I was going to kick us yeah. off with. What time is it where you are? Oh, what is it now? 8.30 or something? Yeah. 8.30 oh, in the wow. morning. Okay. 8.30 yeah. is not so bad. For some reason, I, it's 5.30 New York time. I always get the New York, Australia, like, conversion a little backwards. a huge difference, isn't it? Whenever I go over there, I get really jet lagged. It's just horrendous. <laughs> I would imagine so. I would imagine so. So, I mean, I just threw into the mix 2.5 million Instagram followers, but that is a drop in the bucket compared to the 14 million women worldwide that train with you. 50% of which are in the United States. I know that this isn't something that happened overnight. So I'm really excited to, to dive into your backstory today and, and get to know a little bit more about the woman behind all of this programming. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so let's do it. talk to me about growing up in Australia. Well, I was probably the complete opposite to what I would seem to be now. I mean, deep down, I'm still that little girl, but I've come a long way and I think everyone does growing up. But I was really shy, like extremely shy that I couldn't talk to people. If I was at school and had to do something in front of the class, I would be vomiting with fear. I um, didn't have any confidence at all. I had no self-worth. I was really insecure and I would struggled with in my teens – um, anxiety and depression and it was pretty bad and I um, I tried to end my life when I was 18. So um, yeah, I've come a long way since then because obviously being in front of all these people online, you sort of have to have some sort of confidence and, and I do a lot of TV stuff. So doing things like that is just, it's crazy for me because I couldn't even stand up in front of the class at school back in the day. So if I went back and talked to my teachers, they'd probably be shocked at what I'm doing now compared to then. I know you mentioned uh, in a woman's health interview that you had a difficult childhood when it came to some family stuff. And obviously you just mentioned the trouble that you went through in your teens. Talk me through a little bit about what that environment was like growing up. Yeah, well, my mum's always been loving and, and caring and she did such a good job. She was a single mum and she raised my, my sister, I was going to say daughter, my sister and I on her own with um, not much support from anyone else. And she, um, I guess she also suffered with mental health issues too. And she, she had her own, you know, 
problems and things being a mother on her own and and um, then we sort of grew up in that environment and I'm very similar to her. And then um, we didn't have much in the way of money and we lived in community housing and, yeah, it was just – it was very different to now. But I I think because I had no father figure, I didn't really – I couldn't really talk to guys very well. I, was, I didn't really have a good relationship with men. I kind of feared them. But I, I craved love from them. I wanted to be loved and it was more of a fatherly love that I was searching for. So I ended up looking for um, relationships with guys that were like I wanted to have a father but but obviously that's the wrong way to go about it. I'm a teenager and no teenage boy is going to be able to fill that spot or any man really. But I ended up attracting these sort of men that I guess they saw that I was really vulnerable and and I was desperate for love and they were, I had a few, well, I had two really abusive boyfriends, but one was really severely abusive. And um, I ended up getting an, a restraining order on him. And I think I was 20 by this stage. But um, yeah, I just, because I, I had no self-worth or I didn't have any love for myself, I sort of searched for it externally to try and fill that void and um, search for it in the wrong places, obviously, and ended up having a terrible relationship and being abused um, emotionally and physically. So you said that was that was around 20 and you mentioned at 18 trying to kill yourself. What was going on at that time that led you down that path? Yeah, at that stage I had my first boyfriend. I was with him for four years and he um, he was abusive in not so much in violent sort of ways, like not so much physical, but he was very emotionally abusive to me. And he was just, it was just a very toxic relationship. And um, he was just threatening to go off and basically sleep with other girls, to put it like straight. Um, And then he, I was just really, really upset. And and I wanted to be with him forever because I had that fairy tale idea that, you know, you'd be with the one person forever. And he was my first boyfriend. And and he just wanted to go off and, and be with other people. And he, he didn't like the fact that I was modelling because I was modelling back then. And it was more because I wanted to try and get confidence. And I mm. loved, I did like the creative side of modelling, but it just it was another toxic thing. So he was just very threatened by everyone else. And um, he didn't want me around any other guys and accused me of cheating. And he was off doing it. And then um, it's usually those ones, isn't it? The ones that are cheating accuse you of doing it. Mm. And then uh, the night that I tried, I just... It, I can't even, I don't even know what exactly set me off, but it was just a, a, probably a combination of things that were happening. It was building up over the years and I just didn't want to do it anymore. And I, um, I took some Panadine Fort, which is a really strong Panadol and drank a bottle of vodka trying to end it. And thankfully it didn't work. I woke up because I did it and then went to bed and then I woke up with severe stomach cramps and I felt like I was, you know, my time was now, like I thought it's happening. And then I crawled out to the laundry because I didn't want to wake my mum and sister and went out there and just spewed and and it was, um, yeah, it all came up, thank God. And I I remember I was praying and I was saying, I'm sorry for doing this. Like my life's worth more. Like something in me told me that you're worth more. Like you you can't end this because it's going to get better. And it's just, it's a strange feeling, but I ended up pulling through and I feel so grateful that it didn't happen. And then, um, then I sort of came good, I guess, and and then I I was still quite depressed and anxious, and 
still suffered for a number of years after that, but I think it was my mid, a bit before my mid-20s, I was probably around about 23 when I started making small changes and I realised that I had to take control of my life and I always thought that someone would come along and save me. That's the mentality I had. But that doesn't happen. You've got to save yourself. And I sort of just realised that. And it wasn't an overnight thing. I didn't say, okay, well, I'm going to change things now and, and get better. It was it took time and I still work on it now. Like you can't just do it and think it's going to be changed forever. You've got to work on it constantly and and not go back to the way you were. You've got to be aware of it and, and aware of the signs of, of going back to being depressed. And um, then when I was 24, nearly 25, that's when I started, I found health and fitness. So it was around a similar sort of time. I, I decided to make changes in all areas. So I got healthier. I started moving more. I started changing who I surrounded myself with. I, um, I got rid of a boyfriend that I was with and I started having, I changed my perspective. So I started having gratitude and appreciating what I did have and focusing on what I did have rather than what I didn't, what I lacked. And then um, I met my current man now who I've been with for 11 years and I have two kids with and mm -hmm. I was almost 25 and he's really into fitness too. So he supported, he was the first guy that I had who actually supported me and because I loved fitness and I fell in love with it and the lifestyle and how it made me feel and it wasn't about the body, it was about my mind and it made me feel strong and powerful and capable of achieving anything. And he said to me, you can do anything you want. And I said, I want to do something in fitness and I want to reach as many people as I can and help um, help them change their lives in some way. Like obviously they have to do the work, but if I can inspire them, then I want to do it. And I just had this really strong passion for it and I couldn't stop talking about how good it made me feel and I told my friends and family, you've got to start exercising and eating healthy food. You feel so good. And that's when I started getting more into fitness and building my online profile. And we're going back 11 years now. So this is when it sort of all kicked off. Fitness wasn't really popular, especially for women lifting weights. Right. I think women, women did a lot of the cardio stuff and aerobics and things like that. And, um, a lot of like running and bike and all that cross trainers and things. And there's nothing wrong with them, but the benefits of weightlifting are just incredible. And I think women, well, I know women feared lifting weights because it would make them bulky but I actually really loved the, the look of it, but I loved the, how it made me feel so powerful. That's when I started to, to my journey, I guess, to, to uh, reach as many people as I could around the world. And uh, yeah, I couldn't imagine I'd get as far as I have done, but I feel very grateful for it. But I'm still so passionate about reaching as many people as I can. Of course. And there is a, a fair amount to unpack here. The first thing to unpack would be you mentioned that there was a toxicity when it came to getting into modeling. So talk oh, to yeah. me a little bit about what getting into it at first was like for you and why you stayed in it as time went on. Yeah, I think um, when I was about 14, I was really shy. And I think my mum just thought if I did something I actually did a modelling and deportment course, it was called, and she put me in it and my sister hoping that it would, it would give us confidence. And I was worse than my sister. She was a bit more confident than me. And um, and I just, I liked it. I liked the, I guess, to be honest with you, I liked the attention because I needed, I thought the attention was love. And we all know it's not because it's com a completely different thing between loving um 
loving yourself and people truly loving you and, and belonging or fitting in. There's a difference. So I desperately wanted to fit in and have people love me. But really what I needed was to belong with the right people who loved me for, for me, you know, and the right reasons. But anyway, I liked getting the attention. I liked people saying that I, I was pretty or looked good in photos because I had n- no self-worth at all. I thought I was hideous. I just, it was really horrible. And I think because I had a boyfriend that wasn't very nice, he, he said some horrible things and always used to tell me I wasn't good enough. That's what I've always struggled with, not being good enough. So the modelling sort of, I guess it made me feel like I could be at the start, but then I soon found out how toxic it was because it's so competitive, obviously. And when you're going to castings and you're getting knocked back 90, 95% of the time, that's just the worst thing for someone who has no self-worth. So it just made things worse and worse. And then I had friends who are in the industry who are also struggling with self-worth issues. So then when you're competing with them as well, it's just a horrible environment. So I stayed in it for probably about 12 years. And then around that time, I think it was around my mid twenties, that's when I started going into fitness and I sort of said goodbye to the whole modeling world and, and chose being healthy and fit over just trying to be skinny and and trying to look good. But, um, I'm glad I did. I decided to get out of it because it really, I mean, it's not like this for everyone. I, I don't think, but for me, it was just the worst uh, thing for me to do. Yeah. But I did enjoy, I enjoyed doing photos. I love the creative side of it. I do photography as well. And I just, I love all that. So it was a love hate relationship really. <laughs> and, and then you mentioned making a series of small changes that empowered you to pivot from that negative self-talk, uh, that lack of self-worth. Talk to me about what some of those small changes were. Yeah, so I call this my toolbox and I have things that I go to when I'm feeling down or I'm feeling overwhelmed or I start having those negative feelings or those feelings of I don't believe in myself and don't think I'm worthy or or good enough. I always access that toolbox and I pull those tools out and work through them because it helps me. And what's in that toolbox for me, and it's different for everyone, but I, I have a few different things, obviously moving, exercising, lifting weights. I nourish my body with healthy foods. But then on top of that, I do things like diaphragmatic breathing, which is a deep breathing and slowing my breath down. Then I work on being present and not getting overwhelmed by because I have a crazy mind and it never stops and it's just so out of control that I've got to, I've got to calm it down. Otherwise I go crazy. And then I just, um, I focus on what's around me. So I might go outside, which is the best thing to do. And I'll go out barefoot and I'll put my feet on the ground and even better if you can get to the beach and put it, put your feet in the sand. But as long as you're barefoot on the earth, I, I feel like I can sort of download all the crap and all the, everything that's making me feel negative and then recharge with positive things. And I, I imagine doing that and then I'm breathing and then I'm looking around at nature and, and the trees. And if I'm near water, I'll look at the water and birds and just try to be present in the moment. And now I've got kids. So I obviously, I play with them and I'm, I'm being with them and truly with them, not on my phone and half with them and getting off social media, getting off anything like computers, phones and things like that. Just having a break from it is amazing. Um, also practicing gratitude, thinking about all the amazing things I have in my life because we've all got things we don't have or we'd like to have, but there's no point focusing on it. There's a difference between wanting it and having a goal and working towards it 
or you're getting feeling down because you don't have these things and it's affecting you negatively. So I, I just look at everything I've got and how, how grateful I am and how blessed I am to have these things. And they're not things, funny enough, they're people, my family and, and friends. And then uh, another thing I do, I'll go for a walk or my favourite is dancing. And I'm not a good mm-hmm. dancer at all. I'm probably the worst dancer. But I'll put my favourite music on and dance around the house and just anything that makes me feel good is what I do. And uh, I love Brené Brown. So she's a researcher and storyteller and she's done TED Talks and she's amazing. She's got many books now and she's just someone that I relate to a lot and she just she really, really helps me. So if I'm really feeling down, I'll put one of her talks on and she has um, audio books as well, which I love, and then I'll, I'll listen to her and after five minutes I'm feeling better already. So there's a few different things I do and I work through each one until I'm better, basically. <laughs> well, I too, huge fan of Brene Brown. I know many of the hurdlers are. You talked about uh, putting your feet in the sand, going out barefoot. So much research on the benefits of what's commonly referred to as grounding. I mean, fighting off chronic fatigue, fighting off chronic pain, dealing with anxiety and depression, managing sleep disorders, fighting against cardiovascular disease. I mean, so much, so much benefits to just being out in nature, a calming thing, especially for me, like that early morning run, getting out, even though I'm in New York City, a world away from any nice sand or beach, just getting out and and hearing nature and and finding some stillness before the entire world gets to move. Oh, it's just one big, deep exhale. It's the best, isn't it? So many people start the day by picking up their phone and they're going, they go straight into social media and it's so busy and everyone's on there. It's overloading the brain. And then you're feeling overwhelmed and not really positive because a lot of stuff isn't positive and you're not even noticing a lot of it. It's all just, it's going into your brain, but you're not really aware of it and it's too much. So I like to start the day by not just getting on my phone straight away. Obviously I'll check if someone's messaged or tried to call, it's important, but then I put it down and I I just start my day, um, usually I do a bit of skincare because I've got James Cosmetics that I own and I put my masks on. It makes me feel good. I have my routine in the morning. And I do my breathing exercises and spend time with my kids and then I'll pick up the phone. I think it's the best way to start rather than just straight on that phone. Oh, so for bad. sure. And I'm sure that, I mean, over the years, as you have garnered quite the following, you probably went through different phases where you felt like you had a lot of control with your relationship with social media versus like yeah. maybe feeling like things were a little out of control. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, social media has come a, a long way since the beginning. And when I first started, the algorithm was a lot different and you could control what you're doing and and the people that were following you would see what you're doing and now not many people see it and it's it's so big too. So, you, I mean, like my following, there's so many people there. So it can get really overwhelming for me because everything that I put out there, and I'm sure a lot of people get this with, with large followings, when you put it out there, it's out there and everyone's seen it and there's so many judgments and criticisms and, and people always have something to say and always want to voice their opinions and their opinion's right and and it can be a lot. So if you're not prepared for that, then, um, yeah, it's, it's, it can be really bad for you. And you've got to make sure that you're strong enough to be able to deal with it and resilient. And it's something that I've worked on for years. So I think um, I work on it in my real life, offline, as well as online, being resilient, working on not worrying about what other people think of you, which is so hard and it's easier said than done. But everyone's got an opinion. And once you put yourself out there, 
and this is um, what I learnt through Brene Brown as well, if you put your out, yourself out there and you're going to be seen in the world, there are going to be judgments and criticisms. You can't avoid it. And if you want to avoid it, you've got to stay at home and not do anything. And then even then, if you're online, you're still out there, you know what I mean? So social media has given everyone this way to be out there in front of everyone's eyes all around the world. But you have to know that you're going to get these criticisms and you've got to be prepared for it. But it's just part of being out there and being seen and taking taking that step and, and having the confidence to put yourself out there. And that's something that I've dealt with a lot and I've come a long way and I still have times when I feel like it's too much. Actually, when I was pregnant the last time, towards the end of my pregnancy, I was getting really overwhelmed with a lot of stuff that was happening online. I mean, we've had a crazy year and a half, haven't we? It's with everything that's gone on and I am, um, I'm very sensitive and I take a, a long, I take on a lot of stuff that's happening and other people sort of, I get messages and people need help all the time and I want to help everyone and I get so overwhelmed by it because you cannot help everyone and you can't please everyone. So I ended up just saying, okay, I need to have a break from this because I'm I'm at the end of my pregnancy, I'm getting really stressed out. I couldn't breathe properly and I thought I've got to make changes here. So I got off social media for a couple of weeks and it was the best thing I ever did and I felt so refreshed and recharged and I felt like when I came back on that I was capable of, I could sort of um, deal with anything that was sort of thrown my way and I was strong enough to. I sort of veered off topic there, but. <laughs> no, no, I think it's important. And with the magnitude of what you're doing over on social, like, is this you, the person that's that's yeah. running all of this or how do you navigate that? Yeah, so um, I don't let anyone touch my my Instagram. I've got a Facebook page. I think there's 11 million or something like that on there. I'm not on there as much as I used to be. I used to be on there a lot myself reading all the messages, but it got too much. And um, a lot of them are customer service questions about my fitness program. So I do have a customer service team that that manage all that for me, but I won't let them touch my Instagram. It's too personal. And I feel like I need to be on there myself doing it. But I mean, you can't have everything. So if it is just me, then I'm the, the only one that's dealing with everything and and obviously I can't get through all the DMs, but I try to, I sort of skim through and try to reach, I try to answer as many as I can, but yeah, but sometimes, some days, depending what I do, especially in my story, you know, people can reply to stories. There's sometimes mm. several thousand and there's no way anyone can get through that. Taking a break from today's episode to give some love to my sponsor at Athletic Greens. You know, every single time I take a little road trip, I am eternally grateful for the Athletic Greens travel packs. <laughs> Traveling is stressful enough. And for me, it usually means I'm out of my routine. Lots of eating out, lots of vino. I wake up the next morning and I may not be feeling 100% my best, but I know that if I reach for my Athletic Greens, I'm starting things off on the right foot. With the antioxidant equivalent of 12 servings of fruits and vegetables, as well as prebiotics, probiotics, adaptogens, and superfoods, Athletic Greens is without a doubt one of the best things I have done for myself and my health as an adult. Finally committing to an all-in-one daily supplement that helps me feel my best and energized 
for whatever the day has on deck. They have an awesome deal for Hurdle listeners. Get five free travel packs as well as a year's supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Just head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle. That's athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get yours today. No code necessary. I also want to give a shout out to my sponsor at Beam. I will be real with you. For a long time, I was really hesitant on CBD products because I guess I just didn't fully understand what I could be putting into my body. What I love about Beam is that they are committed to excellency. They make quality products that are 100% THC free. And they've got a lot of variety, right? From their the one tincture to one of my favorites, their Beam Dream Blend. Their Beam Dream Blend has completely revolutionized the way that I sleep. I mix mine up with some warm frothed almond milk, shout out to the Nespresso frother, and a little bit of warm water about an hour before I go to bed. And the melatonin, the L-theanine, Rishi, magnesium, and THC-free nano CBD powder, all of those excellent ingredients help me get to sleep better, plus stay asleep through the night to wake up the next morning feeling refreshed. Head on over to beamtlc.com. That's B-E-A-M-T-L-C.com. And use the code HURDLE at checkout for 15% off. Now, worthy of highlighting, this also works on subscriptions, which are already 20% off. So that means that you could be getting up to 35% off at beamtlc.com using the code HURDLE at checkout today. Beamtlc.com. Use HURDLE at checkout for at least 15% off. said something that I think is really great to highlight as well when you were talking about the importance of kind of going back to your purpose and understanding that if you want to affect change, which you said as you came into your mid-20s was something that you really came to understand was part of your purpose and part of your mission, that you're going to have to get comfortable with being a little bit uncomfortable and understanding oh, yeah. per Brene Brown that you're not going to be a person for everyone. Yep. You cannot please every single person. And if you try to, you're only sacrificing your own happiness. And that's something I learned too. And I always used to do that. I actually put a few quotes up recently. It's funny we're talking about it now. But um, yeah, I feel like I I need, I always feel like I need to please everyone. I don't know why. I'm a people pleaser. And that's why I have to be aware of it and make sure that I'm not sacrificing my own happiness to make everyone else happy, which you can't achieve anyway. And there's nothing wrong with wanting other people to be happy if if they're people you love, like your family. But there's a difference between giving up your own happiness for people that you barely know, you know, especially people on social media. It just can't be done. It cannot be done. And I, I actually think that's a really great point is that a lot of the time the individuals that may be coming at you with unsolicited feedback or criticism, these are people that you don't know personally, whether, you know, you do, again, have a hundred followers or millions of followers. Something that I've really thought a lot about myself in the past year is like, am I putting enough energy into the, the people I know dearly in my own life as I am putting energy into the people that I do not know in my life? Yes. And energy can be even just thinking about it or letting them affect you in some way. And I, oh, I sure. had this sort of, I guess it was a realization. It was a couple of weeks ago and I was... I, I go through these cycles of sometimes I'm really strong and resilient. I don't care what people say, I'm fine. And then other times if I'm at a lower point, everything affects me and I just, I can't even deal with it. 
So if if you get that if you get me in that moment where I'm feeling a little bit down or maybe haven't been exercising for a week or something because that definitely affects me too and my confidence and my resilience. Um, I, the other day, so it was like two weeks ago, some people were saying some things and I, I sort of let them get to me and, and you've got to understand too, people need to be responsible for the way people affect you, for the way you allow them to affect you. You can't control what they do, but you can, you can control how they, how you let them affect you or if you let them and you've got to take control of that and not use it as an excuse and, and let them beat you down and, and keep you there. So this is something I've been dealing with for many years and it came up again two weeks ago and people were saying these things and, and I was really grumpy and I was taking it out of my kids and my partner and I was just feeling horrible and, and those depressive kind of feelings. And then I thought, what am I doing? I'm allowing this person who I've never met, who doesn't know me or care about me, affect me and affect my real life and the way I am with my kids. And they're, they're taking that moment away that I could have with my kids and have a great time that you can never get back. You can't get that time back. And I'm letting them hijack it and take it away. And I thought, I'm not going to do this. I'm not allowing them to. And I have this process and this might sound silly and you can find your own way of, of dealing with it. This is what I do. And there's probably some name for it too, but I don't know it. But when these people put their negative comments or they throw those horrible negative negative things my way, I imagine them like cords and they're attached to, to me in my chest and they're taking away all my positive energy. And then I imagine cutting it like my arm's a knife and I cut the cords and then I envision this them getting sent away. So I actually push them away and I send them back to where they came from. And if I get those feelings back where I'm letting them get to me again, I, I do it again. I'll keep doing the same process and push it away. And just visualising that, that like being able to see that process helps me so much and I feel like I'm set free. So I'll, I'll do that. And there's so many ways you can do that too. you got to find what works for you. Such a helpful tool and such a helpful visualization. I think also something that you were mentioning before that once you started to move your body, you discovered or perhaps rediscovered a sense of self-worth that had been lost along your journey. And that's something that I can certainly relate to as well. When I was in college, I was uh, very much overweight and, and that wasn't problematic because of necessarily, you know, looking down at the scale and seeing a certain number, but more so because I looked in the mirror and I wasn't happy. I felt I didn't love how I felt. I didn't feel confident. In fact, at times I would say that I was definitely depressed. And so for me, when I started to move my body, I started to discover similar as to you, a sense of self-worth that I didn't feel before. And it encouraged me and motivated me to then go after other things that I wanted in my life, whether that yes. was to perform better in my academics or to to go out of my comfort zone and try to make new friends or perhaps connect with someone romantically in a way that maybe I wasn't comfortable doing before. So I think that's really important and a really big point to stress is that for so many, movement really can be that gateway for more. So for you, as yeah. you started to move your body, as you started to feel similarly, what doors started to open up? Yeah. And this is what I'm I'm always telling people to it. When you start moving, that feeling, the powerful feeling that you, you're capable of so much translates into other areas of your life and you, you feel like you can do anything and it did for me. And I, I got this confidence I never had before. 
I felt because obviously you get endorphins and, and all the hormones that are released when you exercise. It makes you feel so amazing. And I notice the difference when I haven't been exercising for a little bit, which is it's rare. It was more around when I was pregnant. I couldn't even string a sentence together. I mean, I struggle now too, but I blame that on baby brain. But <laughs> I, I just, I didn't feel like I could, it was almost like I was living under a cloud and I was all foggy, but exercise removes all that for me. And I, I know a lot of people are the same and you just said before, but I, I just felt like I'm so powerful. I'm so strong. I'm so capable. And I tell myself these things. And when I'm exercising, I go really hard. And I, I even tell myself that while I'm exercising to push me to my limits and that I can achieve so much more than I think I can. And we are so amazing and powerful. And after I had my kids, I felt even more more amazing and powerful. And then I felt like I could do anything, anything that I wanted in my life, I could actually do. And that's when I started my my fitness business, um, easily a decade ago, I think it was. Oh no, was it a decade ago? Maybe eight years ago, something like that. I actually started a business. So I started building my profile around fitness, but then I made it a business roughly seven or eight years ago. I don't know, I lose track a while ago. And um, and I loved it. I, love, I still love what I do. I've st- and my my um, program has evolved so much since back then. It used to be a PDF and now it's a an app that's got everything you could imagine in it. It's got pregnancy, postnatal. It's got things for beginners. If you're at a higher level training, you can do that. There's so many different programs and challenges on there now. And I just feel like I wouldn't have been able to do any of that if I hadn't have unlocked, like you're saying, you sort of unlock a, um, a, I don't know what you call it, but it, it it opens yourself up to being able to achieve these things that you never thought you could do before that you didn't think were possible. It's like it gives you more possibilities. Oh yeah. You're, I mean, you're unlocking your own potential. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the best way to put it. (laughs) Um, You're much better with words than me. Yeah. So I, I, I started that and I thought this is like incredible. I loved it. I was passionate about it. Don't get me wrong though. It was a lot of hard work and it still is anything you don't, when you do your passion, like when you have your, your passion as a job, it's not like this dream job. There's still a lot of hard work. And I think people aren't, misunderstand that. You still have to work really, really hard. But I, I knew I could do it because I got through my mental health issues and I, I train really hard and I can do all these other things. I can do this too. And I started James Cosmetics with um, my, my friend and my manager, Sam, and we've had that for four years now. And so like it's it's sort of I've gone into different things, but when people ask me what's my biggest accomplishment, it's not getting on. Um, I've been on uh, how many magazine covers, like Women's Health, many, many times and different magazines or it's not being on TV or being on the Forbes list or it's not these things, which don't get me wrong, they're still amazing. But for me, my biggest accomplishment is is overcoming my own mental health issues and my confidence and my, my self-worth issues. So I've been able to come so far personally that that outweighs anything else. It's it's so much better than any other achievement I could achieve in my career. For someone who may yeah. be struggling with their own mental health battles, what would be one jumping off point, one piece of advice that you would offer to them to be a life raft, to be the lifeboat that helps them make a change? You have to be the lifeboat. Seriously, like I had to realize that it was up to me to make those changes 
Don't wait for anyone else to do it. Of course you can get support and don't be ashamed to get support from people who are either close with you, that care about you and, and, and that know what they're doing because you can get the wrong person too that can hold you back. They may love you but they might not be the right person but that's where professionals come in too. So get professional help and don't be ashamed. That's one of the biggest things but you still have to do the work. So you have to, when you go home, it's like training. If you want to get fit, you can't go once a week or once a fortnight and, imag- and, and expect to get changes. You have to be consistent and go five times a week or whatever that number is. You've got to do it many times and then you'll see changes and you'll feel changes and you'll get fit. But if you're, if you're just you know going once every now and then, you're not going to get anywhere. So it's the same with your mental health. You need to be consistent with it and work on it every single day. And I still work on it. So I went through depression years ago. I went through anxiety. I still get anxiety every now and then now. It doesn't completely go away. You just stay on top of it and you become aware of when you're starting to to get dragged back down and you can make changes and you can do things that that help you um, move forward and and overcome it, I guess, and stay on top of it. But, yeah, the biggest thing that I can say is that you have to realise that you have to do the work, but you are worth it. You are worth it. Like you are worthy. You you are meant to be here. You were born for a reason and you can have whatever you want in your life and obviously within reason, but you just have to – and this is if, what I would tell myself if I went, went back and, and spoke to myself as a teenager, to, to hang on, to keep, keep going forward and believe in yourself that whatever – there is out there that you want, you can achieve it, but you have to do the work. No one else can do it for you. So there's people that that struggle with these these issues, mental health issues, and they they just always go to someone else expecting them to help them, which they can, but they can only support. You have to do it. I think I've stressed that enough, do you think? <laughs> you have to do it. <laughs> I totally understand. I totally see where you're coming from. I recently had a conversation with Alexi Papas. She's a runner and she's very vocal about dealing with her own depression and mental health struggles. And something that I think is super valuable that she said to me, which I'll share with you, is thinking about depression as having an injury on your brain. And just as though with any sort of physical injury where you would talk to a physical therapist and get a set of exercises and start doing rehab and then learning from that experience that when you have injuries going forward, you can go back to those exercises knowing that if you put in the time and if you put in the work, you can help your body get better. The same thing goes for mental health and depression um, and dealing with the difficulties that come hand in hand with that, understanding that we have the power to establish and come up with, as you called it, a toolbox, and then use that toolbox when things feel hard, regardless of whether it's a few days in a row, if it's a difference of a few years apart, going back to that toolbox and realizing that there are things in yours to help you get to where you want to be and get to a better place. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you need to sit there, like even today, and write a list of things or in your phone or wherever, somewhere you can access easily and write a list of things that make you feel better, that you enjoy doing, that you can then go to and that can be your toolbox. So if you're feeling shitty, you can go to that and, and work through it. But you have to do it and stay on top of it. And when you start having those feelings, act before it gets too too late. And it's never too late, but you want to get on top of it sooner rather than later. But we all, we all have struggles. 
I love what you said there about having a list that you can go to of things that make you happy. I remember during COVID and we're talking about how the past year, year and change has definitely been a difficult time. I remember as many of my friends were leaving New York, I needed to sit down and make a list of the things that I can do in my life on my own that I can rely on myself for that bring me joy. Yeah, exactly. If you're feeling good too, you know those feelings, so it'll flow and, and come easily. When you're feeling down, it's hard to, to to come up with things that make you feel good. So you've got to do it when you're in a good sort of place. I mean, there's any any times better than no time, but when you're feeling good and you know what what makes you feel good, then write the list down. And say if you have a good day and you go out and you I don't know what you do, abseiling or something crazy, write <laughs> it down and go, this made me feel good, and then you can access it. Definitely. Access is important. So you have talked about the growth of your presence and transitioning from, you know, your beginnings in fitness to now having a thriving app. I think what could be really helpful for individuals listening who are maybe in the fitness and wellness industry interested in either following a similar path or just gaining some more understanding about how it is that you got to be in this position to shed a little bit more light on going from those early stages and what those looked like to getting to a point now where, or getting to this point as the years went on, where you were in a place to launch an app like this? Yeah. So I guess when I first started to, I wanted to create something for other people and I I wasn't sure exactly what that was because we're going back when there was no such thing as a fitness program. Like there were things you'd see on those infomercials or something. Um, I wanted something that would be it would make fitness accessible and there was no barriers for, for entry so people could just do something that would make them feel good and that's when I started building my my Facebook and my Instagram because I was posting a lot of free workout videos and um, helpful sort of posts like things that were for free and this is a mistake a lot of people make too when they're starting businesses they want to hold everything back and make sure everyone pays for everything but you've got to put out things for free that are going to help people because otherwise you're not really achieving anything. Well, not, not for me anyway. I'd rather just give a lot of free stuff that people can, can do that will make them feel better. And then if they want more, they can then enter into your, your program or whatever it is that you're selling. So every single day I was putting out a workout video so people could just get fit at home and and not have to spend a cent. And then I guess that sort of, um, they built trust in me and they, they realized that I, I um, had good workouts and I was someone that they could trust and, and they wanted more. And then I developed my program that had, so it was a PDF back in the day and they'd access everything on my website. And then I created an app that was a free app as well. Cause I mean, I'm not really good at business to be honest with you, because I want to give everything away for free, <laughs> but, um, it was an app that had, it was called daily workouts. So they had to get a workout every single day that they could do and follow along on the app. And it was really easy to use. And then um, as years went on, I, I wanted to make the app have more and more in it. So there there are meal plans. So to this day, there's there's meal plans that are customizable. So you can pick and choose what you want to eat. You can choose how many people you're cooking for. It spits out a shopping list to make it easy. And if there's something you can't eat, you just you put that in there and, and you can do like dairy-free or vegetarian or whatever. And then there's multiple challenges and programs. I think there's about seven now. So there's the daily workouts in the app. Then there's the Start Strong program, which is for beginners. It's a really basic fundamental program that will go back to basics and teach you how to 
do form for each, each exercise. Then I've got the pregnancy program with different stages of pregnancy, the three trimesters and two different intensities that you can choose from. Then there's the postnatal program that's um, each, it's got six week blocks. So it goes through um, each phase. So as you get stronger, it's sort of getting women strong enough to get back into normal fitness um, because there's a lot of obviously a lot of changes that happen when when you're pregnant with your ab separation and your pelvic floor not being as strong or functioning as well as it was before and you've got relaxin which is a hormone that softens all your ligaments so you've got to do certain sort of training that takes that into account so it goes through all that and I've got experts that, that work on it as well then there's the booty program there's abs to core there's um, body sculpt, which is the most recent one. It's a full body workout, which is at home stuff. So I've really made sure there's a lot of at home workouts, especially because of COVID and people can't get to the gym. So there's no excuse. You can get fit at home in your lounge room or in your backyard. So it's pretty much got everything now. I mean, there's always more I'll keep adding, but it's just, it's endless and they can choose what they want to do and what their goal is, whether it's to build strength and muscle or, or lose body fat. Yeah, it's pretty much all song and dance. I'm very happy with it. It's come a long way. And you mentioned nutritional programs and of course the diversity that happens within the app in terms of the programming and working with other experts. I think that this is a yeah. really important chord to make sure that we hit on here is that you are working with experts outside of being oh, yeah. uh, a certified personal trainer yourself. Yeah, and I can't do everything. I, I'd like to think I can, but I can't. And I've got doctors on there as well and physios. I've got me mental health experts. I don't want to be the person that sits there going, oh, no, it's all me and I'm the only one that can help you here. It's I need to – I think it's so important to have many people working together and everyone's experts in their own field and together we can, we can help people. And I also love the idea of having – because they're all women too and I love that we're all women that are all – good at our different things and we're all supporting each other. Like this is in in the, the app, like the people that work on the app and part of my fit, fit um, I don't know what you call it, like the fit fam that, that like are the doctors, the experts, all those people. I love that we're all working together and supporting each other and it's really empowering as well as also having my fit fam as in the people that are part of the program that, are, that have bought into it. They're all so amazing. We're all women that – that come together and we want to see each other succeed and we support each other and we have different goals but similar and we want to get better and we want to feel better mentally and physically and, and it's about the feeling, how you feel so much more important than how you look. It doesn't mean you, you don't want to look good or it's bad to want to look good but not at the detriment of your health. So it's just such a really amazing feeling knowing that we're, we're literally hundreds of thousands of women that are just all in this together and we all want to see each other succeed. So if it's it's hard when you're making changes in your life. And I went through this myself when I first started getting into health and fitness. I had people around me and they were the wrong people and I ended up removing them from my life, which was hard, but I had to do it. When I was lifting weights, I was starting to get muscle. And some of my friends were saying, you're taking this too far and you're looking manly and, oh, it's disgusting. And I had a friend of mine who was supposed to be my best friend look at my arms and I was doing boxing. I was trying to get her to, to get into fitness too. And she said, oh, ooh, look at your arms. You look like a man. And I thought, I feel the best I've ever felt in my life. And I love this feeling. I love what it's doing for my mind and my body. And you're here telling me that I look manly and, I, and I'm taking it too far. So um, I realised she wasn't you know, right for me and the right sort of friend to have around. But 
it is hard when you're making changes if you feel like you're on your own and you don't have support, especially if your family and friends aren't supportive. But in in my fit family, they we are all there to support each other and and encourage each other. And a lot of the women will get on and they will have problems and they sort of talk it through with the other girls and they just support each other. It's the most amazing thing. And and they say, oh, I feel like I'm alone in my my sort of real life, but I come on here and I get the support and I feel like I can do it. So. It's just amazing to be able to offer that for people. Taking a break from today's episode to give some love to my sponsor at Blue Blocks. Over the past year, I know many of you can relate. I have been glued to my laptop, glued to my cell phone, which means that I have been glued to these blue light emitting devices. And I started to experience uncomfortable headaches, eye strain, just a lot of discomfort, period. So that is where the Blue Blocks glasses come in. Blue light damages our eyes and leads to digital eye strain with symptoms including blurred vision, headaches, and dry, watery eyes. For some, this can even cause heightened anxiety, depression, and low energy. I have been wearing Blue Blocks glasses for a better part of the last four months, and they have completely changed everything for me. Unlike other types of blue light glasses, Blue Blocks are evidence-backed and made under optimal laboratory conditions in Australia. While some other companies may be mass producing products without doing their own research, without any understanding of how light impacts our health, Blue Blocks makes high quality options for daytime, nighttime, and color therapy, all of which are in line with the suggested peer-reviewed academic literature. I told you I only bring you guys the best of the best information and products, stuff that's in my regular rotation, and these are certainly a go-to for me. Whether you need prescription, non-prescription, or readers, they've got whatever you are after. Head on over to blueblocks.com slash hurdle, that's B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com slash hurdle, and get 20% off using the code hurdle at checkout. Again, use code hurdle at checkout at blueblocks.com slash hurdle and get 20% off today. Also, shout out to my sponsor at Daily Harvest. What I love about Daily Harvest is that they have picks for every time of day, like smoothies for breakfast, flatbreads for lunch or dinner, harvest bowls for dinner, so much goodness. Plus, a Daily Harvest never uses preservatives, added sugar, or anything artificial, including their recently launched almond milk, which is made of only almonds and a dash of sea salt. That is it. These almond milk cubes, let me tell you, they have been a lifesaver. There is absolutely nothing worse than coming home from a good workout, looking forward to a delicious smoothie, and realizing I should have stopped at the grocery store on the way home because I am out. No more. Daily Harvest, it's undeniably delicious. They've got clean food without the prep. Get started today. Head on over to dailyharvest.com and enter the promo code HURDLE25 to get $25 off your first box. Again, that's promo code HURDLE25 for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. That's dailyharvest.com. We've talked about the evolution of your business and, of course, your mental health journey. But what we haven't touched on yet is the beautiful chapter of you becoming a mom. So talk to me a little bit about getting pregnant with your daughter and how that impacted you and your mental health and your family. 
I think it did so many wonderful things for me. Obviously on my journey, I've been getting stronger mentally over the years and I'm still getting stronger to this day. But that was a real um, turning point for me as well, because even though I'd come so far, I was still sort of caught up in the perfection thing. And it's something I always struggled with. I thought perfection existed and I always aimed for that. Obviously it doesn't, but I still wanted to be that. So when I fell pregnant and I gained 25 kilos, I'm not sure how much that is in pounds, but it's a fair bit. That's 55 pounds. Yeah, I was going to say a bit below 60. So a fair bit, especially because I was a small frame. And um, then having that much weight on, I guess people assumed, and I sort of assumed because I was in the fitness industry and I'd been fit for so long, that I would um, not gain so much and I'd sort of be one of those super fit pregnant women that would have the baby and they're back in their skinny jeans and, and the weight's all gone and they're back to normal. So I sort of thought that maybe that would be me. And a lot of people, I guess, thought the same thing. And then because I did gain all the weight and had my my daughter and, and don't get me wrong, I wasn't ever um, feeling bad about my body or anything. I just, I loved being, even though pregnancy, I was in a lot of pain. I had back problems and sciatica and all the things that come with it, all those wonderful things. I still was so grateful for it because I wanted a baby so badly and I would overlook all that other stuff. And I guess I probably thought I'd lose the weight very quickly anyway, that it'd be, you know, I'd be fine. And then, um, so I had, had her and, and the weight didn't drop off uh, fast. It, it was, it was very hard to get rid of. And I had to work extremely hard. And especially when you've got a newborn, anyone who's got babies knows what it's like. I, um, I was training every day at midnight by the time she got to sleep, it was midnight. So I had to just do it when I could. And I worked so hard and eventually it start, I started losing the fat that I'd gained, but it wasn't just overnight. It took time. And that was a lesson that I learned. And I'm so glad I went through it and experienced it, that it's, it's harder for some people. And this is why we can't compare. I'm huge on, on not comparing with other people and making sure you're focusing on your own life and your own journey and, and just being grateful for what you've got and, and make your own achievable goals that you know that you can, that are attainable and not getting distracted by other people because it's the worst thing you can do. And, and I, I sort of went through it too because social media is full of these perfect bodies or they appear to be perfect. We know it doesn't exist, but there they are in our faces. And I remember seeing some other fitness professionals who had had a baby around the same time as me and they were back you know, with their six pack abs and, and it, and don't get me wrong. I think it's amazing and it, and good for them. But the worst thing I could do was compare and, and say, why aren't I like that? Which I, I said to myself, I thought, why am I not back like that? What's wrong with me? People are going to think I'm not, not really a fitness expert. Like I should be back, back to that. Like I sort of put that pressure on myself, but then I'd say to myself, no, M, practice what you preach. It's not about that. Don't compare. We're all on our own journeys. We're all different. And um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat myself down because I don't look like the way they're looking. So that's when I just um, did did my work. I worked hard on on getting my fitness back, and and I focused on how I felt over how my body was changing. And I and it's not it doesn't come naturally to me. I don't just go I don't care how I look, and I just I just want to feel good. Of course I want to look good too, but I just kept focusing on how I was feeling, and and even when it came to how when I was losing the the body fat, I'd. I wouldn't worry about the scales and what I was weighing. I just would look at how my clothes were fitting and how, you know, I was changing um, 
my waist was changing, it was getting smaller and those sorts of things. But I always went back to how I was feeling mentally and making sure that I was healthy and I didn't do anything too extreme to get there. So I learned that in the first pregnancy and then the second time around I, I could deal with it a lot better because I, I knew what I was in for <laughs> and I, I knew that I'd probably gain a lot, which I did. I, I gained pretty much the same sort of weight and uh, and I'm, I'm on that journey now to get getting back to being strong and super fit and healthy again. And I'm eight months postpartum today, actually. And um, yeah, it's taken, it's been actually even harder this time. And I guess being older hasn't helped. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, I think it's good. And I'm, I'm actually grateful that I've been able to go through this, of course, to have my babies, because they're just miracles, but also to show other women that, and sort of be an example to them and show them that I can love my body through everything, through putting on the extra weight through having the wrinkly skin and the cellulite and stretch marks and all that stuff that I still, and I truly do. I'm not just saying that. I, I love my body. I've never loved it more than I do now. I think it's incredible for what it's done. And whether you've had a baby or not, our bodies are amazing. What they do every single day for us that we don't even think about, we are so lucky to, to have that, to be here and, and have our health. And that's why health is so important. And, um, yeah, here I am eight months later still training very hard, but I'm enjoying it. And it's not because anyone else expects me to or or I've put pressure on myself. It's because I want to be my best. I want to feel my best for me, for myself and for my family so I can be the best mother possible and the best person and the best friend and just the best that I can possibly be. What piece of advice would the Emily that's in this headspace now offer the Emily that was back in her late teens, early 20s in the modeling industry? I would say learn as much as you can and and make sure you're taking something. Not everything's going to be positive, but try to see something positive out of every situation. And I truly believe even if it's a really terrible situation and I've been through many of them, there is something to learn from that and grow as a person. But the biggest thing for me is to to know your worth and and you are worthy of being loved and you're worthy of achieving things, of achieving whatever it is you want to do. Because I always used to think I wasn't good enough or oh, I can't do that because I'm not good enough. And my partner Declan helped me a lot to believe in myself and to know that I am capable and, and worthy of it. But the biggest thing is your self-worth and knowing that things can get better. And no matter how, no matter how bad it gets at the time, there is a way out and things will get better. So push through, push through, keep going, don't give up. Right now, when someone comes to your Instagram page, they see a woman that is a mother of two, well-versed in fitness. She's got a handful, a couple of million followers. When you look in the mirror, what is it that you see looking back at you? I see an amazing woman who has achieved so much, especially mentally. I see a body that's carried my two babies and and kept, you know, grown them, kept them alive, breastfed. I've, um, I'm extremely strong mentally and physically because the strength, like we were talking about before, translates into other areas, but the, the physical strength of, of my fitness for me translates into my mental health. And I feel like I'm so strong and capable. I feel like I'm superwoman, (laughs) and 
I'm appreciative and, and I'm not even just saying this because I think it's what I, I should say. I'm saying it because this is how I truly feel. And there was a moment after I had my son, I actually had my son on the land room floor at home because I didn't make oh. it to the hospital. It happened so fast. And this was something that also made me feel like I, I'm so strong and amazing because my body, and, and so many women do this, I know, but I actually had this feeling myself. My body did it. My body birthed him on its own. I didn't have to do anything. And he he's healthy and, and everything sort of went how it, it should go, I guess, or how you would hope it would go. And I didn't have any sort of medical support till right at the end. He was already half out. And I had um, the, the ambulance officers come and then I got taken to the hospital in the ambulance. But I did it all and I felt like, wow, I am capable I had this really strong, empowered sort of feeling. And then when I got to the hospital and I had my first shower, so you go in and, and wash off because it gets pretty messy, childbirth. <laughs> I went into the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I had this smile on my face because after you've had a baby, you still have the big tummy and you've got extra skin. It's all sort of hanging and it's it's a, a very different. And I could see how women would be very, they could get upset by it. But I felt the opposite and I thought, because I went through all those years of hating myself and hating my body and always criticising it and I'm, I'm not enough or I'm too this or I'm too skinny or I'm, I don't have enough of this. There's always something that's not, that wasn't enough. It was always I was lacking. It's a scarcity sort of mentality. I don't have enough of something or, or I'm, you know, just not, not right. But I had that feeling of, wow, look what my body has done. Isn't it incredible? And I had this overwhelming love and appreciation for it. And I put my hands on my tummy and I, and I said, thank you. I actually said those words out loud. Thank you so much. Look what you've done. You've birthed my baby boy and he's healthy and we're both fine. And, and I felt so powerful. Like I was actually Wonder Woman or Superwoman or something like that, like a superhero. <laughs> and, and then I said to myself, don't ever hate yourself again. Like don't ever have that hate for your body ever again. And if you do, you got to remember this moment. And I haven't yet had to remind myself because I just, I am so grateful for what my body does. And this is what I'm all about too. I tell women that focus on what your body does for you, not how it looks. And again, it's, it's all good to, to want to look good. That's okay. But don't sacrifice your health to get there and don't beat yourself up. And we're not trying to get perfection here. We just want to feel the best we can. But we have to remember that, that we are amazing and our bodies do so much for us and, and have gratitude for it. What excites you right now? Mm. This is going to sound so weird and stupid, but going to the gym. <laughs> is that stupid? Isn't it strange? But people think, oh, you know, you don't, you don't wake up and, and you want to get to the gym and be excited. No one, no one feels like that. But I actually do feel like that now because... I'm at that point, I've pushed through the start where it, where it's horrible and you don't want to do it and you feel unmotivated. I've pushed through all that now and I've I've started feeling really strong and and capable and, and I feel like I, I've pushed my fitness further than I ever have because my mental strength now is so strong. And um and like we're saying before, it translates into other areas of, of our lives. And I feel just amazing on top of the world. And this is what I felt when I first started health and fitness. I felt like I was on top of the world and I wanted other people to feel that way. So that excites me, that feeling of I'm I'm pushing myself further, obviously listening to my body too and not going too far, but we are we can do so much more than we think we can. And then I get excited because I've achieved this and then I, I know that other people can achieve it too. And I know that 
the all the women doing my programs. I've just launched another one the other day, Body Sculpt, and uh, I'm seeing people posting about that and they're excited and they're doing workouts and they're saying it's really hard and Lang who's sitting next to me here is doing body sculpt and she's saying I hate you and this is it's so hard today and and I say yeah well it's going to get better as you get stronger it's going to feel easier and you're going to you're going to love it but the start's really really hard but that's what excites me and that's when I started that's what made me want to do what I'm doing now and start my my programs and I still get that feeling now I still get excited about it so that's probably something that I'm most excited about but of course there's many things coming in the future that I'll I don't even know a lot of them yet but a lot <laughs> of things are coming to the the app this year and and James Cosmetics my other business which is a beauty business there's so much happening that I think the main thing for me is that it has a positive impact on women even the beauty business we're all about spending a few few minutes uh, per week just on yourself it's really important that you put that time aside and you do something for you that is is showing yourself love. So whatever you you need to do, whatever makes you feel good, you've got to make that time. Otherwise, we just get so caught up in life because we're so busy. But if you just spend even 10 minutes a couple of times a week on doing something, whether it's you can even do a quick workout for 10 minutes at home or, or you can do a facial or something that's taking that time out that you're investing into yourself will make you feel so much better. And that's what I'm all about. And that's what my businesses are about. For sure. And I think that's something could be really helpful. You're talking about feeling so excited to work out, but for the person that's not there yet, for the person that really is closer to the start of their journey, the person that's struggling to find that motivation to either do something on demand in their living room or go to the gym or go for a run, what piece of advice do you offer to them at the beginning? Yeah, this is a good point. And I need people to to realize, which if you, if you follow me, you'll see that I've posted this a lot and I've posted it from the start and, and me really struggling. But the biggest thing is the motivation. People think, well, they say to me, I wish I had your motivation or I need to find motivation. You don't find it, you create it. And it, it sucks at the beginning. It really does. And it does for me too. And I'm not exempt from that. I still went through that the tough times of not feeling motivated, especially after having a baby and you're tired and I had a really... Um, I have a, a toddler, I have a three-year-old and a eight-month-old now, but earlier on he was really difficult because he's got severe reflux. So he's he cries a lot, he's vomiting multiple times a day and it was really hard. But I knew that if I started exercising, because I'd been healthy and fit before, I know that I know how good it feels. So I sort of have that to, to rem- remind me and, and, and give me that motivation, I guess. But I just focused on I'm going to feel so much better for this and I'll be able to handle so much more in my life. So I just I wanted to sit on the couch all day, every day and watch TV and watch Netflix and, and have my baby and cuddle my baby and just not do anything. And I thought I've got to go. I've got to start exercising. I just have to start moving. And then I thought, well, what do I tell other people? Let's do that. Maybe I should practice what I preach. <laughs> so I just started one foot in front of the other and started walking so don't overcommit. Don't think, oh, I've got to train an hour and a half every day, six days a week. That's too much. You've got to make it achievable. So mm. start small, create these smaller goals. Don't have a huge goal like I want to be 10% body fat and and I want to I want that in six months. Like you've got to be realistic here and 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 not look at anyone else and what they're doing like I was talking about before. You're not comparing. You, you're making your own goals and you're focusing on your own journey there and make those smaller achievable goals. So 
I went for walks at the start, then I'd do a little bit of a slow jog and I started lifting weights, but I obviously dropped the weights that I was lifting. It wasn't anywhere near as heavy as it used to be. And I had to not compare to how I used to train because before I fell pregnant the second time I was at my peak, I was fitter and stronger than I'd ever ever been in my life. And I had moments where I thought, oh, this is horrible. I can't even do one knee push up anymore. And I used to do full ones and, and do 30 of them in a row and I'm never going to get back there. And I had to get rid of those feelings and go, okay, I'm starting from scratch here. I'm starting at the bottom and and it's all about progress and I need to remember that. So I just do what I could and, and get uncomfortable. That's a huge one. You have to get uncomfortable to make changes, get out of your comfort zone, make it challenging and then each time you you exercise, obviously listening to to your body and if you really need a break, you've got to take one and get enough sleep as well and make sure your nutri- nutrition's good. There's a lot of parts to this. But you slowly work your way up and that's the point. It takes time but the start is the hardest. It truly is. I did not start feeling motivated and jumping out of bre- bed excited to go to the gym and because I started training at home as well. So I was doing a lot of stuff at home and, and walking around my neighbourhood. Now I've just started going to the gym probably about two months ago because our gym's all opened up, luckily. We're very grateful for that here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's about progress and just um, just move and stop thinking about it. I go into robot mode, so that's what I like to call it. You don't think about it because you'll talk yourself out of it. Just just do it. Put your gym clothes near your bed, get up, put them on, have your banana or whatever you have in the morning and big drink of water and just start moving and adding to it over time. But don't expect results too soon because it's consistency that will get you there. And I, I've done the same thing. I'm not perfect. I I still at the start thought, why aren't I dropping? Like, why aren't I losing the fat? It's, this is going to be really hard. What am I going to do? I'm, I'm supposed to be Emily Sky fit on Instagram. What am I going to do? I'm not fit. And I had those feelings, but I just... I pushed it away and kept pushing forward and kept being consistent and kept going, you can do this and you're stronger than you think you are. And I tell myself all those things and and now I'm feeling amazing. And like I said before, I, I do jump out of bed looking forward to my training session because I, I have, I'm starting, well, I started to probably about two months ago now. I started to feel the results. I started feeling stronger and fitter and I started losing fat and getting lighter and, and it, it pays off. But it's like, I always say persistence pays off. You have to be persistent with it and then you'll get there. And I feel incredible now and I don't want to stop. And you'll get the same too. Like if for you guys out there that want to embark on this fitness journey, you got to realise that this has got to be a lifestyle change. It's not short term. So start making changes that you know you can keep doing and you can, you can maintain and believe that you can do it as long as you can just get past the start. Keep pushing through. I love and get the Emily Sky fit up. <laughs> <laughs> I love course. all of that advice, and I think what's really beautiful in there is that you articulated that yes, there may be one time that you think like this is going to be the only time I'm a beginner, but this is a journey, and there are going to be different chapters yep. in it, and there are going to be different points where whether it's because of something that's going on physically or mentally that you feel as though that you are back at square one. But the reality is, is that once that you know what it feels like to be a beginner, that means that you also know what it feels like to get to that next step and that next step and that next step. So understanding that with time, it gets easier and that there are going to be a lot of other people in the world who understand exactly what you're going through and that you are never alone in that. Final question for you, Emily. You ready? 
Yes, I'm scared. (laughs) Right now, and I know you touched a little bit on this before, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to expand upon it again. You have an opportunity to offer yourself a piece of advice going through that hurdle moment when you are thinking about and attempting to take your own life. You have an opportunity to give yourself a piece of advice looking back on that hurdle moment right now. What do you tell yourself? It would be that you're, you are worth so much more than you think you are. You're meant to be here and you, you're here for a reason and there's something amazing that you're going to do in the future and you're going to be able to help other people through it, especially through this experience because this is the worst that you can feel. You're at the the absolute worst point of your life and it's horrible and I know it is and it's painful but there's always a way out and the only way now is is up because you can't get any lower but you have to save yourself and you have to believe that you're worthy of saving and searching for love from everyone else is not the way. You've got to learn to love yourself and this is such a a a difficult thing to do. And I I totally get it. It's really hard to love yourself, but I truly do now. But um, I think the first step is just knowing that you are worth living. You're worth living for. And and you're so blessed to be able to be here. I mean, even just conception is miraculous, isn't it? Keep pushing through and keep going back to I'm worthy and I'm lovable and and you you will get there and you've got to believe in yourself. But yeah, you, there's a way out. That's something I would tell myself. There's always a way out and don't feel ashamed to, to seek help. And um, it's take one step at, ti- at a time. When you make changes, it's not an overnight thing. Even when you realise I'm going to do this now, it's consistent effort every single day you have to put in. You can't just go, okay, I'm going to make changes now and, and work on myself. And then you think you're going to be automatically changed every single day you have to wake up and go, no, I've chosen to to make changes and, and to live this day differently to what I have in the past because that hasn't served me. It hasn't made me happy. So you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. You can get through it. I think all of your takeaways are just so beautiful. And, and I just, I want to reiterate from my end that I'm appreciative of your time. And, and what I'm really appreciative for, to be honest, is that it's very clear in the way that you speak about your journey and in the way that you speak with me that you're very present here in this moment. And I think that is, it's awesome because with so much going on and being a mother of two and owning this business and showing up for your community, I know that it can be a little challenging at times to just fully show up somewhere, especially for an hour and change. So thank you so much. It, it means the world to me. And I know that it's going to mean uh, the world to the hurdlers as they listen to this episode. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. And, and you know what? I actually really love talking about all this stuff. I am very passionate about it. And if, if it can help some, someone, even just one person, then it's worth it. But even for me to reflect on how far I've gone, it's really important to stop, I think, in your life because it is so busy and insane, but stop and realize, hey, I have come so far because a lot of us think, oh, I've got so far to go, but look how far we've come. I think it's the only only time we should really look back is to see how far we've come, mm. and it's true. Definitely. We should be proud of ourselves. Every small t- step we take, we should be proud of ourselves. Emily, how do the hurdlers keep up with you? Give me all of your details. 
So Instagram is Emily Sky Fit. Make sure you've got the E on the sky. And Facebook is Emily Sky Model. I know it was back in my modelling days, so I haven't been able to change the name, so it's stuck with <laughs> model. And um, my website's emilyskyfit.com. I love it. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. Mm-hmm.